Hey there, Fletcher Things Overlanding here, and today on this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about the best vehicles for overlanding. I see this question popping up quite a bit in all the Facebook groups and forums and things like that of especially newer folks to overlanding, but you know, it kind of applies to us all. If you are trying to figure out what vehicle to get next, I think there are a few key considerations that will help you make a good decision. So I'm going to share some tips and tricks and things that I've learned across the last three vehicles that I've bought for overlanding, and uh, hopefully they'll be helpful for you. So if you want to learn more about kind of how to choose the best vehicle for your overlanding needs, stay tuned. All right, guys, so as I mentioned in the intro today, I'm talking about how to select the best vehicle for overlanding. And when I say the best vehicle for overlanding, I'm going to stay out of all of the typical arguments of Toyota versus Nissan versus Jeep versus, I know Nissan's not normally in that conversation, but I'm bringing it in. I think it's a great option. Um, but I'm going to kind of stay out of that. I'm not going to be just specifically brand loyal here. I'm not just going to talk about Nissans. I do think they're a great budget option, but there are a number of things you need to consider besides just the make and model of the vehicle, right? So again, today I'm going to touch on a few things in this episode. Um, the first sort of section of the episode is going to be around what do you already have and kind of could you make use of something that you already have laying around your daily, another extra car, your you know spouse's vehicle. There are a number of different ways that you could take advantage of stuff that you may already have to at least get started and kind of lightly dip your toe into what is overlanding before going out and spending a bunch of money. Uh, the second thing is to kind of think about, is this going to be your daily vehicle that you're also going to overland in, or is it going to be a dedicated overlanding vehicle that you're only going to use when you go on a trip? So we'll talk a little bit about that and what the differences are and what that means and uh, what that changes in maybe your vehicle selection. And then third, I'm going to touch a little bit on your overall budget, right? So the vehicle is probably the most important part of overlanding, but then you've also got gear modifications, things like that. So I'm going to touch base a little bit on that and kind of talk through, you know, what different sort of options you have based on your needs. Again, are you more of a hardcore wheeler? Are you trying to get to some really crazy spots that are really hard to get to? Or are you more of like a casual gravel road, sort of fire service road type person? So again, we'll talk through all that in more detail in section three of the podcast. But let's get started with the first part of this topic. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. All right, so the first part of this episode will be talking about what you already have. So I'm going to kind of pull myself back in time here a little bit. You know, I started doing the whole overlanding thing. I didn't even know what it was about five years ago. I started to Google like off-roading Xterra because I'm a Nissan guy. I was buying an Xterra and I wanted to know how should I modify it to go off-roading. That was kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to hit up off-road parks and things like that. 
And at the time, again, I didn't know what overlanding was, so I started searching, and on YouTube, I started seeing videos of people overlanding Xterras, folks like Rogue Overland, you know, those kind of channels that have been around for a while. And I was like, oh, cool, there's this whole thing that's like a combination of camping and off-roading, which is perfect for me because I like to camp and I like to off-road. So that's kind of what got me into it. And uh, so again, at that point, I was buying an Xterra because I wanted to go off-roading. I wanted to have enough room for my family. So those were kind of my needs and why I picked an Xterra. I didn't really care as much about gas mileage because I was working from home. So like, again, that may be a consideration. But, you know, look at what you have first. So I started with that Xterra, not for overlanding. I started with an Xterra because I like Nissans. I wanted an SUV I could take off-road and I had a family right? Those were my reasons. So, but I mean, even if you have like a Prius or you, you could have any different number of vehicles, a little, you know, Pontiac Sunbird, or you could have a big SUV, a big full-size SUV. There's nothing that says you can't take a Chevy Tahoe and go overlanding, right? As a matter of fact, there are a lot of people that say that that's more comfortable. You could build out a platform in the vehicle and sleep in the vehicle. Look at your gear that you've got too, right? If you've got a ton of camping gear, I've had a lot of folks that kind of come into the comments of the channel or, you know, mention things on the podcast about, you know, hey, I've been a backpacker for years and I just heard about this thing overlanding. Or, hey, you know, my family and I go camping a couple times every year, but I've never really done it being dependent on my vehicle. Again, you don't have to just go out and spend a bajillion dollars and buy a new vehicle, buy a second vehicle, third vehicle, buy extra stuff, buy a bunch of extra gear and stuff, unless you literally have no camping gear, no anything that you can use, no sleeping bags. If you have none of that gear, then you may have to buy some stuff. But let's start with what we've got first to save you some money, save you some time. Go out, take a few trips, learn from it, and then you'll know what to buy next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so next, let's talk about daily versus dedicated, right? So again, when I first bought my Xterra, it was the only vehicle I had. My wife had a vehicle, Honda Pilot. I had the Xterra. Those were the vehicles that we had. Now, I work from home a lot, but I still had to like take the kids to sports and I had to go to the store and it had to be reasonable enough. It couldn't be modified to the point where it's just unreasonable to drive around town or sometimes take it down to like my folks' house if we wanted to go somewhere and we didn't want to take the wife's car. You know, there's a number of reasons to keep it still a daily driver sort of build. So I went pretty light on it when I first started. So when I first started, I went a little bit of a lift, like a two and a half inch lift and 33 inch tires. And that was about it for about a year and a half or two. The first year and a half or two that I owned the truck, uh, it was pretty basic. And then I was like, you know what? I can pull my back seat out. I can build a drawer system in the back. So again, give yourself some time to make sure this is something that's really for you. There are a lot of folks that kind of came in during COVID and wanted to do something new and wanted to try getting into the outdoors and then found out they didn't like it, right? That is a possibility. Not everyone is going to like overland travel. Not everyone is going to like spending extended periods of time far out away from people in the wilderness kind of being reliant on your vehicle. So before you go nuts and spend all that money and buy all the big money gear, take what you've got, learn from it. Think a little bit about whether it's your daily driver or whether it's going to be a dedicated rig because obviously that's going to change your needs, right? So now if you're building more of a dedicated rig, then in that case, you can go a little bit more nuts. I'm still more of a budget-minded person, so like I built my own drawer system for my new Frontier that I've got. I built my own drawer system with the help of a friend for my old Xterra that I had. You know, there are a number of ways to basically get the same stuff for a much smaller amount of money, and you also learn a lot from that experience too, right? So again, the daily thing, not so cool to take all your seats out. 
If you have kids and you have to take them places, you can't really have a two-seater SUV with a bunch of junk in the back. Also, if you have a daily and you have to drive it quite a ways for work, you don't want to put a ton of weight on that. You don't want a big old heavy rooftop tent and a drawer system and all kinds of recovery gear and all this stuff in the vehicle all the time because then it's going to decrease your gas mileage. It's going to make it a little bit more dangerous to drive as far as it's going to be a little slower to stop. There are a lot of factors that, that can impact it if it's your daily driver and you're building it out for overlanding. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with either one of these setups, and I'm not necessarily advocating for one or the other. Everybody's situation is different, right? I've had both. I've had a daily that I also overlanded. I've had dedicated, like my last truck was Titan swapped. It was huge. It was on 35. It's got 10 miles to the gallon. It was a terrible daily driver, but it was great for off-road trips, right? So in that case, then I kind of did the other thing, but that truck was really built out. I had, you know, 60% of my back seat taken out and a fridge mount in there with a dual battery set up underneath of the fridge. And it was built literally just for overlanding. But I tell you what, there were multiple times where the wife was like, hey, you got to go pick up the kids and you got to pick up their friends down the street and take them to swimming. And I'm like, can I use your car? Right? Like, so you do have to really think hard about, is this going to be a daily? Am I ever going to need to use this thing? Or is it going to be dedicated? Because it makes a huge change in the way you're going to set up the vehicle. So then the third sort of tip for how to select the best overlanding vehicle for you is you've got to think about your overall budget. And it gets really easy to be like, you know what, I was going to spend $30,000 on my vehicle as a daily, and that's what I want to do. You know, whatever the case may be, you have a budget in mind. And if you use it all on your vehicle, you have to keep in mind that if you do want to rig this thing out, especially if it's going to be more of a dedicated type of build, there's a lot of money that you can spend on gear. Now, again, I don't necessarily advocate for that. I always say use what you got, go out, get some experience. But if you're really into it or if you've had a couple trucks and you're you're now kind of building your sort of ultimate truck, that's kind of where I am in my build is I went, you know, kind of a stock vehicle with slight modifications, did that for a few years, then had my really super heavy modified uh, Frontier Titan swapped on 35s with, you know, full armor and everything on it. Kind of found out that was a little too much for me. And again, I have kids that I have to take around. So I kind of need like a combo dedicated rig that also can be a daily driver, which is why I went with the new 2023 Frontier. In looking at that though, that's an expensive truck. That's probably the most expensive vehicle I've ever bought. And so I had to think about my budget for the vehicle. I had to think about what gear I could move over from the old truck. Luckily, I had some stuff that I could reuse. But if you're doing this for the first time, you really need to look at both the vehicle itself and then also what modifications do you want to make to the vehicle and then what gear do you need? Again, if you're a backpacker and you've got the majority of it, you plan to do like hammock camping or tent camping, you've got a sleeping bag, you've got a pillow, you've got a backpack, you've got all the stuff that you need to get started then you could maybe spend a little bit more on your vehicle because you're not going to need as much gear. If you're someone that's never been camping or anything like that, again, before you go out and buy a whole new vehicle, before you buy a rooftop tent, before you buy a canopy setup or a bed rack or armor or any of that sort of stuff, I would say take the stuff that you've got out and just experience it a little bit to see if you're hooked, if you've really got that, that bug, right, to be out in the outdoors, if you really get the magic from it that a lot of us get uh, that love overlanding, right? Or do you get out there and you find that it's uncomfortable and you hate it? But if you're past that point and you're at the point where you really want to build a vehicle, then you need to think about how much it's going to cost for the vehicle. How much is insurance going to cost, right? There's a lot of these hidden costs that we don't think about every day. Is a big old Jeep Gladiator, uh, you know, loaded out going to cost you a lot more money per month than like a 2010 Nissan Frontier, for example. Um, so you need to think about that stuff too. Insurance, gas, that's a thing too. Again, if you're driving 60 miles a day round trip to go to work, that's going to, at 10 miles per gallon, that costs me six gallons of gas a day. $3 a gallon, that's $18 a day it costs me to drive my old truck to and from work, right? So all that stuff weighs into it. Then the modifications too. 
The nice thing about a Jeep is they cost a little bit more up front, but a lot of them are so capable that you don't need to do a ton of modifications. You could probably find some used 35s or 37s, depending on what you want to do. You could fit 35s pretty easily without a lift on a lot of those Jeeps, like the JTs and the JKs. Um, again, I'm not a Jeep expert, so light me up in the comments if I'm saying things wrong here, but I think I'm right on those. Um, but so they're pretty capable out of the factory. I've got a buddy with a, a Jeep Gladiator Mojave that he takes everywhere, and he threw a bed rack and a rooftop tent on it. And that's about it. And it does great, right? So uh, if you get something that's more capable, then you can buy something that's a little more expensive and not have to worry as much about modifications. When I bought my Frontier, I knew for a fact I wanted to lift it and I wanted to put it on 33s just to make me a little bit more capable than the stock setup of that truck. So knowing that, I went into it knowing that also a brand new 2023 Frontier is probably about 15 to 20 grand less than a Gladiator. So I knew I was going to do an all dogs off road uh, RC Killa lift, which is about 500 bucks. I was going to buy 33s, about a thousand bucks for my Kenda RTs for four of them. Um, I was going to use the stock wheels, so that saved me some money there. You know, I had a bed rack that would transfer over. I was going to build my own drawer system, so that was a few hundred bucks. So there's there's costs that go with all this stuff, but you have to consider those before you start building, or you're going to waste money and you're going to waste time. So again, those were kind of my, my few tips there for how to pick, select, and build the perfect overlanding vehicle for you. Uh, was that helpful? If it was, click that like button. If you got a lot of value out of it and you want to see more All Things Overlanding, make sure to click that subscribe button. Click the bell to be notified when new videos drop. I do a couple videos every week, generally something like this, like a podcast that's about general overlanding stuff. Um, specifically, if you're a newbie, there's a ton of stuff here, but I hope that it's still interesting for you guys, even if you've been doing it for a while. Um, so that is something that you'll get. And then there's just a ton of ways to engage with me, and they're all linked in the description down below. I've got a Facebook page, an Instagram page, a TikTok channel. I'm on LinkedIn, for God's sake. So if you want to be connected on LinkedIn, if you're a manufacturer of overlanding gear, if you're an overlander yourself, or you content creator, anything like that, look me up on LinkedIn. There's a link in the description down below. Also in the description down below is a link to my website where I've got funny camping overlanding uh, themed patches and stickers, super high quality Velcro back patches, high quality stickers that'll last you for years. So if you're looking for funny, cool stuff to kind of deck out your rig, check those out. And then of course, there's also the join button down below this video. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're on the podcast, hop over to YouTube because there's tons of stuff that goes over on YouTube that you don't get to see on the podcast, obviously. But hop over there. There is a join button down below this video if you're watching on YouTube too. If you click on that, it's just a way to support the channel. No pressure whatsoever, right? But if you want to have a way to support the channel and help me keep creating content, that's a really easy way to do it. And it gets you some special stuff and early access to the videos every week, which is pretty cool. There's also a link to my Patreon group where we've got a 24-7 Discord. We all kind of chat in this Discord all the time and it's a ton of fun talking about gear, rig, that kind of thing. A great group of people. And uh, we do, we're doing some trips now. We're starting to do maybe one or two trips a year. That's going to be a ton of fun. So it's been great meeting people in person. And I'm looking forward to a trip coming up here in about a week now. So that's pretty exciting. And then there's the Newbie Overlanders Facebook page. Totally free to join. If you want to have a group where people aren't going to bully you and you can ask questions and kind of learn, that's a great place to start. But again, thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.